You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Claire's upcoming season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 177. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. We've got a good show for you this week. Courtney Robertson is on the show. It's her third time on the show, but we haven't spoken to her in two years. Remember, we spoke to her at the end of Ari's season. Safe to say things have changed in her life. She is due with a child in a couple months. She's in a relationship. She's engaged. Set to marry in October with everything going on right now. We do talk about, has she thought about pushing it back? What has she been told? We talk about her pregnancy. Is she nervous about possibly not having her fiancé in the delivery room? Uh, We talk a little bit about Peter's season. This was recorded before Peter did his interviews this week, so um, that's why you won't hear me throw anything in about what he said about this season, but we do talk about uh, his season and get her thoughts as well. I, I I definitely have a few things to get to this week, and uh, probably go on for about ten or fifteen minutes here because a couple of it's pretty important. Uh, first off, as you know, every Sunday night, Ashley Spivey and I are doing an Instagram live, eight p.m. Eastern time, seven Central, six Mountain, five Pacific. Tune in. It goes by so fast for me because I know you guys have a lot of questions. I'm sure you're going to have some more questions this week, but it's one of these things where, you know, we started it last week and I was like, oh boy, how are we going to get through an hour? And your questions definitely fill it up. There's no need to ask about Tyler and Hannah Brown anymore, please. Um, After all the interviews that Peter did this week, I can't imagine you have any more questions about Peter and Kelly, Um, but I'll give my thoughts in a second. And then... um, But yeah, I mean, there's so many questions to go through, and that hour goes by very, very quickly. So just know, it is on Instagram Live, so it disappears after 24 hours. So if you don't catch it Sunday night at 8, it's up until Monday night at 8 Eastern. So you can still see it. Just go to my Instagram stories uh, to check that out. On to Peter. Um, Well, actually, before we get to Peter, um, I've talked about this for a couple weeks And next week, you'll get to hear it. Next week's podcast is definitely one you're going to want to hear. I'm not going to give any hints. Um, Just know it's going to be real. It's going to be good. And uh, it's going to be unexpected. That's all I'm going to give you. Uh, There's no point in sending me guesses to have me say yes or no. It is what it is. You're a week away. You'll hear it. And I think a lot of you will... um, you know, probably be, I, I, I would think most people would be surprised by it and surprised by um, the guest. And, uh, you know, I'll just leave it at that. But uh, it'll be good. I'm not doing this as some sort of hype job or whatever. It'll be good. Definitely. So moving on to Peter this week. On Tuesday, three podcasts got released Peter went on with Rachel and Becca, Peter went on with Ben and Ashley, and Peter went on Nick's podcast. I didn't understand the whole point of doing all three. I I know that as being Peter being Peter, he had to do 
Rachel and Becca's because they are the official podcast of the show. So I wasn't surprised he did theirs. Um. Oh, wait. He also did Caitlin's. What am I talking about? He did four. <laughs> Uh, he also did Caitlin's podcast. So did I listen to all four podcasts from beginning to end? No. Did I skim through two of them? Yes. Two of them I didn't even listen to. It doesn't matter which ones. Um, but I got a gist of uh, of what he said. And um, I, there's, no really, there's no need to really go over anything. I can't offer anything new. I mean, those were Peter's answers. It's whether you choose uh, to believe him or not. He says he and Kelly are not dating. But on the other hand, he says he's very into her. And he could see it down the line, but he's quarantined with her for the last two weeks. I don't know. I, I have no idea what's going on in that um, in that apartment. <laughs> Seemingly, if he's making it known publicly that he's into her, and Kelly certainly seems to be into him, I got to imagine they're hooking up. It would seem really weird to be quarantined with somebody for two weeks that you are into, and she's clearly into him, and nothing's going on, but they just don't want to label it as anything because... They need to have, you know, have a relationship, I guess, under normal circumstances, not under this coronavirus thing. But, I, I mean, I'm just, I don't know anything. But just as a guess, I, I got to imagine they're hooking up. Like, come on. However, he, he covered a lot of things in his podcasts that he did. I, I don't need to go over everything with you. But I do want to cover one thing that I thought was really interesting. The one thing that stuck out to me the most. Well, two things, but the first thing pretty much led to the second thing. I am glad that Peter admitted he never should have proposed to Hannah Ann in Australia. I think we all saw that. But it's good that he actually sees it. Because, you know, these were his first interviews that he's done publicly. He's done a couple, like, I think TMZ got him one time, and then he gave some quotes somewhere. But he's never done a sit-down interview before he did those four earlier this week. But some of the quotes that he did give out when he was giving blurbs to some people were he gave some post-show interviews saying he wouldn't change anything about his season. Well, apparently he thought that through because now he's saying he shouldn't have proposed to Hannah Ann. I'd say that's a pretty big thing uh, that he would change about his season. Because when he said, I wouldn't change anything about this season, that seemed like a stupid answer to me. When he said that a couple weeks ago in in an article that I read. So that seemed kind of dumb, especially now that he's saying, yeah, probably shouldn't have proposed to Hannah Ann. I wasn't in the right headspace. However, that answer, did you hear the reason he gave for why he didn't propose to her or why he, sorry, why he did propose to her? He said he was worried it'd make her feel insecure about the relationship that he didn't want to propose. Well, that's kind of big. No, I mean. Because this show wants that big romantic moment at the end, and they push for it so hard, they've now made the ending so unrealistic. And yeah, if you are Hannah Ann and you get that far in the show and he didn't propose to you, but he chose you, because of the way she knows the way this show goes, absolutely, she'd probably feel insecure about the show. I just thought that answer was so telling. He's like, yeah, I felt like I had to, because if I didn't, she'd feel insecure about our our relationship. Well, that's the show's fault. Because the show has put so much pressure on these leads to propose at the end of the season. And 23 of the last 25 Bachelor and Bachelorette seasons have ended in an engagement. The only two that didn't were Juan Pablo and Colton. And you can't compare Colton and say, well, Colton didn't propose to Cassie and they're still together. Yeah, but Colton pretty much could see 
Cassie didn't want nor appeared ready for an engagement. Hannah Ann gave Peter every signal she would have accepted a proposal in a heartbeat. Cassie never would have. Big difference. So I just thought that answer was really interesting. Obviously, he said a lot of interesting things, and he, he talked about some things, and I, there's a there's a laundry list that he went over. I'm sure some of you at, at least heard or read about one of the interviews that he did. He pretty much said the same thing in all four, based on what uh, the things that I heard and the things, the comments that I've gotten and the articles that have come out on the entertainment sites that summed up what he said. You know, covering what happened in Australia, covering what happened uh, with Maddie, covering what happened with Hannah Ann. And he pretty much said the same thing for all of them. But I think that one stuck out to me the most. I'm glad he admitted that he shouldn't have proposed because we all know he shouldn't have. But the reasoning behind it was really interesting because, again, this show puts such an unrealistic expectation to propose at the end that we've come to a point now when 23 of the last 25 seasons have ended in a proposal. If you're on the other end and you don't get a proposal, absolutely you're going to think, well, God, all these other seasons end in a proposal. Why didn't he propose to me? It it would totally make her feel insecure. So now I kind of see why he did, because you're starting off that relationship on a wrong foot, because she absolutely would have had that in her mind of, well, this sucks. Um, He's not proposing. Um, The last thing I want to get to before we get to the Courtney Robertson interview is some information that I do have on the bachelorette, which is really interesting because I have learned nobody else has reported this as far as I know. Um, I have learned that the bachelorette is looking to film the entire series in one location. That means all the dates and the cocktail parties and rose ceremonies and the cast would all live in one resort for the whole time of filming zero travel. And I'm talking about that certainly seems to me from what I was told, they're never leaving wherever they're going. Now I don't know the location because what I've been told is they are out scouting right now for a resort to accept them for a five week filming in July and into August. And it would air in September. That's what I'm hearing. So this is interesting because one, you got to find a resort that's going to do this. The other thing that I heard, and trust me, this comes from a very, very good source. The other thing that I heard is whatever resort that they do find to maybe accept them. I'm sure that resort already has reservations there. People that have booked maybe last summer, because they're going to go somewhere. I would think tropical somewhere. Nice. Well, they're asking the resort to basically kick anybody out because they want it all to themselves. Like they are saying, we need our crew of about 150, 200 people between cast, crew, production, all that stuff. We want a whole resort to ourselves, and we're filming the whole season there by themselves, which is really, really interesting. Um, I... I think it would, <laughs> you know, it's it, and it's basically what I've heard is they would get there and everybody would be tested. And once everybody passes the test, assuming everybody passes their tests, since they're never leaving that area, they don't have to worry about testing and retesting every week or two. I mean, assuming they get through it and, you know, they, they have people there for 14 days before they even start filming. 
assuming nobody tests positive, they won't have to worry because they're never leaving that area. They're all going to be quarantined. Um, and this is what they're looking for right now, which, so my thought, my early thoughts are kind of sucks for Claire because she's never going anywhere. And it just, I mean, it'll be cool to be in a resort. They kind of do this for bachelor in paradise, but they do let them get outside of the resort from everything I've told. They are not leaving the resort. This is the whole show would be filmed at whatever resort they end up, uh, finding to do this. So, interesting. It's it's certainly an interesting concept, and it certainly makes sense health wise that this is really the only way they can do it. And if they're, and like I said, from what I have heard and kind of seen, um, that the idea is um, all cast and crew is going to be tested prior to arriving, so that once everyone is there. It's a complete lockdown and the show now, since there's no travel, they don't have to have nearly as many off days and they're only going to film for five weeks, five weeks, July and August. I don't know a start date. I don't know an end date. All I was told was July and August, five weeks of filming. And then the turnaround would be, it would air in September, but they are looking for a 100% complete buyout of the location. So, any resort right now, even with the coronavirus going on, I'm sure people have still left reservations out there. Now, maybe it'll be very easy to kick them out because they're like, yeah, I don't want to, I'm not coming in July. Um, but yeah, the only thing that would be at the resort, because in, in Paradise, yeah, there's nobody down in the area where they film, but back at the hotel where they have some of the dates, there's absolutely people that are just vacationing down in Mexico that are there. They're basically saying, we need to find a resort that only will house our whole cast and crew and production, all that, which is around 200 people. And they would have it for five weeks. So I know you have questions after this. So I will try and answer them the best I can based on what I've been told. Number one, I don't know if this is their only plan. I know that this is what they are thinking of doing. I don't know if they can't find a resort that, that, that will do this for them and shut down their whole operation just for the Bachelorette filming there for five weeks. I don't know if that means, okay, we're not doing a season or if it means, okay, I guess we got to go back to do our other stuff. But this is a plan that they are definitely looking into because they have started reaching out to resorts. Um, five weeks, point number two that I want to make. Five weeks, all-inclusive in one location. Sounds to me there's not even going to be any hometown dates. Everything will take place on this resort, whatever resort it may be. I don't. They haven't found one yet. I mean, I'm just saying, from what I've told, they've started to look this because this is the way I guess they want Claire's season to go. Um, I mean, she's not leaving. She ain't going. Every date's going to be like a dinner in that same resort area. They're not going outside of the whole resort area. Like they're not getting. It's so no hometown dates. Um. Every date will be right there. So will it lose a little bit of luster? Yeah, but it could be interesting. I mean, it's hard to judge without having seen it go through, but it's still The Bachelor. There's still going to be drama. Or Bachelorette. It's still going to be drama. Could be interesting, but we definitely know it's going to suck that there's just not going to be any travel. And none of those guys or Claire are going to get to go anywhere on dates or ever leave the country whenever they decide where they're going to have this season film. 
Uh, point number three I wanted to make. If the whole season is filmed in one place, hey, Steve, won't it be hard to get spoilers? Well, Bachelor in Paradise has been filmed in the same place for six seasons. Uh, Siri, shut up. What did I say that turned Siri on? Uh, interesting. Um, Bachelor in Paradise is filmed in the same uh, spot every year, and I've had the spoilers every year. So, I mean, I guess, I mean, it's social media is still going to be a thing when guys do get eliminated. I'm assuming they're going to come home still. And then it's just, you know, the Instagram game where people will either go from private to public or they'll add people and still stay public and you'll be able to see their numbers change. It's same thing that you do every season. And I do every season. You just look in that stuff and you'll kind of be able to see who gets uh, eliminated. But this definitely means zero public dates all season. So there's really not going to be anything that gets out during the season other than maybe eliminations because there's not going to be any public dates. Nobody's going to see them because um, they're going to be at a resort to all to themselves. So it will just – it's almost like kind of my dream because now I don't have to worry about really anything ever getting out. Um, so – and then once I do put everything together and hopefully I will get stuff – you know, each season, as they say every season, each season is different unto itself. Colton's season was different than Hannah's season. Hannah's season was different than Peter's season. Peter's season is going to be different than Claire's. Um, but uh, maybe maybe my details of the episode by episode will be harder to get. But I think, in general, kind of figuring out the ending might not be as tough. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, but... Just because it's filmed in one place doesn't mean I won't get spoilers because Paradise is, and I've gotten spoilers to that for all six seasons. Here's something interesting, point number four. So they're going to film, they're looking to film July and August and air in September. Well, The Bachelor season, as we know, has always filmed from September to the week before Thanksgiving. So they'll definitely be done with Claire's filming if this is what goes through. And Claire's season, I don't know a start date. They just said filming, uh, airing w- would start in September. It'd be done filming. They'd turn it around really quick, a couple weeks, which is what they would have done for Claire's season if it filmed in March through May because her premiere was set to be March 18th. So the turnaround would be the same. It's just being pushed back. However, Bachelor filming, we know, starts in September. So if this happens and if Claire's season starts airing in September – and they don't screw up the Bachelor schedule, and they still film Bachelor September to the week before Thanksgiving, well, who's the Bachelor then? Because all of Claire's guys will will maybe be an episode, maybe two episodes into Claire's season before they start filming The Bachelor. They're not going to give you one of Claire's guys after one or two episodes because then we know he gets far and we know he doesn't win. I mean, I guess it's still possible, but I'm just thinking out loud here. The other thing is, like, you might say, well, why not just push Bachelor back? we got to remember, Bachelor and a normal Bachelor filming season, it's September to the week before Thanksgiving. Pushing it back any further and starting it in October or October 15th, now you're going to film The Bachelor through Thanksgiving and Christmas? That's just not happening. They're not going to do that. So Bachelor either doesn't film in their normal spot September to first week of Thanksgiving, or they just, I don't know, push it back till the filming will start for Bachelor, and they'll just have to change the whole schedule, and Bachelor doesn't air January of 2021. But if they film Claire's season July and August and start airing it in September, I have a feeling they're just going to stick with the regular schedule. And 
and just start filming The Bachelor in September. The production team will just get less time off. And um, hell, maybe they just go back to the same resort. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about The Bachelor. All I know is Bachelorette filming. This is what they have in store, and this is what they're thinking of doing. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We still don't have enough answers, uh, but this is what I know uh, it to be for Claire's season and what they have planned. Will this plan go through? I don't know. I also don't know what this means for Bachelor in Paradise. Seemingly, if they film Claire's season July and August, it starts airing in September, I doubt Paradise is happening. I, I think Paradise will be killed for this summer. So I don't I don't see that being the case. But yeah, that's that's some interesting news. It's it's some stuff to ponder. It definitely presents some issues, some questions, some stuff we haven't seen before. You're going to get down to the final four. You're not going to leave the island or wherever this resort is. So you're not going to go see their family. You're not going to have normal hometown dates. Every date's kind of going to be what just sitting at dinner. (laughs) You know, it's like you're not going to do anything because you're not going to get outside of the resort. That was the whole point of doing this is to keep it all quarantined. So once everybody passes tests and everybody's clear, if nobody ever leaves that bubble that they're in, then they can't pass it on. That's why they're looking into this. But like I said, I don't know if they don't find a resort to take them and don't find a resort that will do this for them. If that means that Claire's season is over or they just go back to the regular filming, I don't know. But this is what they have in store. And it makes sense on a health perspective that this is definitely a way you could do it. And everyone would have to pass and uh, a test and then they would start filming. Uh, but I've been told July and August is when they would film. It would only be five weeks. A normal season of Bachelorette and Bachelor is seven weeks long. So that makes sense because you're cutting out all the travel in between um, – Hometown, hometown dates, you know, there's one day off in between to go from hometown to hometown. You're cutting off traveling from the end of the Final Four Rose Ceremony and flying out to whatever location it is. You know, like last season, they went to Australia. That's like a day and a half because you're jumping ahead 17 hours. It's a day and a half of, of not filming. So, yeah, with, with everything being there and never having to travel anywhere, filming is going to go a lot quicker. So it's interesting. I, I, I need to think about it more. I do know it sucks because there won't be any original dates and it'll be kind of it'll be kind of like the dates on Paradise where the dates are so irrelevant and they focus more about what's going on in the house and the drama because the dates are going to suck. Let's face it. If they're never going to leave the resort that they're at, there's only so much you can do on a date. So that'll be interesting. But um, yeah, that's the latest that I've heard. So um, We'll see what happens, but um, that, that's definitely, uh, definitely, definitely something they're looking into and seems to be where they're headed for Claire's season. All right, let's get going. Here it is, podcast number 177. Okay, let's bring her in. This is her third time on the show. Uh, you saw her on Ben Flanick's season of The Bachelor. She was the winner of Ben Flanick's season of The Bachelor, if you can use the word winner that way. Um it's Courtney Robertson. Courtney, how are you? Hoo-da-hoo. Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Should I say third trimester, Courtney Robertson? How has this <laughs> pregnancy been going for you? Uh, you know what? Knock on wood, it's been very smooth. No morning sickness. Uh, a little bit of fatigue in the beginning. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's going good. I'm down. I've got like two months left to go. It's really exciting. I was going to say, your due date, uh, it's like June, right? June, mid-June? Yeah. 
end of June, June 23rd. Um, my doctor said he's measuring really big though. So we'll see. Maybe he'll come early. Okay. Yeah. I mean, do you have names picked out for your boy? We do. We have a name. We have a name picked out. We um, agreed on a name right away. And uh, oh, wow. yeah, I'm going to wait to share it. Yeah. You're not going to break it here on the uh, Reality C podcast. I get it. I know. I know. I know I'm not that important. That's fine. <laughs> no, you are. <laughs> I kind of want to see him. We have a backup name. I kind of want to see him first, too. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, when this all came about, I mean, this was all broken on your Instagram. I don't think anybody even knew that you. Uh, had a new boyfriend back when you first posted about him. So give us a little bit. And now you guys are engaged. You're getting married in October, which we'll get to in a second. Um, tell us a little bit about your fiance. Cause I don't think many people really know much about him other than what we've seen on your Instagram and how you got, how you guys met and how it came to be and where you're at right now with everything. Well, believe it or not, it was about a year ago at this time. Um, he had liked a photo of mine on Instagram Little did I know he had been liking photos of mine for about two years on and off. Uh, he's an Arizona guy and he knew who I was from the show. He got Instagram about two years ago. I don't think he really knew how it worked, <laughs> but he was like, I knew like who you were from the show. Like, I just thought like, oh, this girl's from Phoenix. She's cool. Like, he's like, you were kind of like my dream girl. But like, you know, just every once in a while, he's like, I, he didn't even follow me. He's like, I would just kind of look to see you know, what you were up to. So he liked a photo of mine. And then I was like really ready to, to start dating again. I had gone out of something um, that I was in and I was like, you know, gave myself a little bit of time. I was like, I'm ready to start dating. And I looked on, you know, I've done the dating apps. Uh, I had dated a little bit here in Phoenix with really not a lot of luck. And I started to feel really discouraged. I was like, actually like a week before I met him, I was like, I think I'm starting to lose hope. Uh, and I was kind of sad. So I looked, I uh, like looked on his page and I was like, this guy's cute. Oh my gosh. He lives, he lives here. I was like, let's just shoot him a message. He looks familiar. So I was like, Hey, have we met before? And he's like, I'd remember if I met you. And we went out a couple of days later and I just like from the first date, I just knew there was something there. I wanted to see him the next day and we had great chemistry and it just kind of, we just really hit it off. How about that? You actually. So I slid into the DM. So I would tell any girl, I tell people this, like, you know, I had just gotten off of, I think I was on Hinge or Bumble and I never really did much on there, but yeah. <laughs> I was like, why don't I just look to Instagram? So I, I don't know if I just got, had beginner's luck. It was the first and only time I've ever DM'd a guy. And look at where you are now. You're two months away from having like, a child. Yeah, it's a year. We're coming. This Sunday is our one-year anniversary. We just closed on our first house. We have our boy due, and we're just both like we were, we're like, wow, this is really surreal. Well, that's the other thing that you were talking about before we got on here was the fact that you are you just moved into a new place, right? Yes. Yeah, we just bought a closed on a house on Friday. Thank goodness, it's a miracle with this with Corona uh, virus. It's yeah. It slowed down the mortgage industry. Everybody's working remote. It was very touch and go, but I'm so happy we're in our, we call it our little piece of paradise. Well, yeah. I mean, I, and you aren't staying in the Scottsdale area or are you outside of Scottsdale now? We're in Phoenix. We're actually oh, in Phoenix. central Phoenix. Yeah. So I oh. live, the, my sister lives um, behind us, like kind of catty corner. There's an alley apart. So I'm really close to my family. Oh, wow. That's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's I really know. fun. Yeah. And your sister has how many kids now? She has three boys. Oh, she's got three boys? Okay. Yeah. She's got three little boys. And uh, 
so I'm excited that, you know, our cousins will be close and grow up together. Yeah, I was going to say, adding an hour fourth to the litter, and, you know, maybe it would have been nice to mix a girl in there, but you can't really, you know, control that. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but maybe you, you next know, time. so when you, when you met him, like you said, you kind of knew right away and, you know, knowing that you have dated on TV before and even after your breakup with Ben, you had a couple public, uh, relationships, you know, with Ari and then, then you wrote a book and all this stuff. So has, has your fiance had any, like he, you said he knew you from the show, but has he had any issues with all the past stuff and all the online stuff about you? You know, there definitely was um, some growing pains with that. And, you know, he luckily he's a really uh, strong, confident man. I, I've always said that that's what I need in somebody. I really have always been like, I need someone who I can be myself with. And I, I've always just wanted to be understood. And I feel like he's really took the time to uh, get to know me. And, and on, it was hard, though, definitely. Like, for example, when we we had a moment when we announced our you know engagement and the, the pregnancy and like every media outlet starts running old news about my past. And it's like it really took away from our moment. Um, you know, I know Ari had written on one of my Instagrams, like congratulating me and then Us Weekly, who I gave the exclusive to, then ran a story about it. And I'm like, this is, this isn't about that. Like, you know, we're so happy. And so it, it was really, it was actually kind of hard for me too. Yeah. Um, cause, cause at some point it's like, Hey, I already wrote the book. The stories are out there. And that's part of that is like, that will live in my archive forever. But I've moved on from it. I mean, I did the show eight years ago. Yeah. It's crazy. And the, I mean, dating Ari was what, four years ago, five years ago. I mean, it, that wasn't any time recent either. Really? Was it? I mean, like maybe like before he left for the show, like around that time, yeah. or like that year leading up to that around there. But like it just I mean, it's been years like yeah. it's been a, it's I mean, that was even a long time ago. So, yeah, it was hard for him. And, and we talked about it and he was understanding, you know, uh, about I mean, he, I was like, I, I tried to put myself in other people's shoes. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, how would I feel like? if like, let's say he dated like I picture like some bombshell or some actress and you know in your mind you picture this like whole thing and it just would suck you know yeah. and and he was really kind about it and we just don't really talk about it it's just kind of like hey let's just leave that in the past yeah because it is in the past it's, it doesn't have any bearing on what's happening now so it makes sense not to bring it up at all why yeah, but it's it's just it's like oh, and then like when the news broke, like he had some trolls write him some stuff, and he's never dealt with that. This is like the most normal guy, and you know he's called me from work. He's like, oh, somebody just sent me the meanest message, and I'm like, I'm sorry, honey. Like, well, you know, I I'm used to it. Like, I have thick skin. Sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. That's <laughs> but I felt bad that he had to deal with a little bit of that. But now we're just like, okay, we're we're in a good place. And, and, you know, you say all this, and I hate to bring this up, but I know people want to, me to ask, so I have to ask it. And I probably can guess the answer, but I just want you to address it. People probably want to know, you got, you know, you were very close to Ari at one point, um, and, you know, Ari is now with Lauren. They have a child. You're about, you're, uh, you know, you're about to have a child in, in a couple months. Do you talk to Ari anymore? Are you guys friends? Where are you at with a uh, relationship with Ari, a friendship? 
you know what? I am, I'm really happy for him that it, the show worked out for him the way he wanted it to. And his little girl is so cute. Uh, I had to mute him on Instagram because it was too much advertising for me. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I wish him. I really do. I, I just, you know, I think for all things, there's a season and, you know, out of respect for my fiance. I mean, I don't really talk to any exes, um, you know, so, uh, you know, there's no ill will but yeah that that's just kind of uh we don't really talk anymore he congratulated me and kind of fly by stuff here or there but um yeah that's that part of my life is just kind of that chapter's closed yeah that's good i mean it just makes it seem like you know he's he's married and has a child you're a you are going to have a child in a couple months you're going to be married uh, later on this year it's just like you know you people grow apart i mean you just have different lives now you're not single where you can hey say hey let's go let's go out for drinks or let's go play top golf or whatever you know whatever you did when you guys were together you can't do that anymore i mean you're both in living completely separate lives so it makes sense that you just kind of you know you just grow apart from somebody it happens um i do want to exactly i do want to talk about like you are set to be married in october and with the way things are right now we're just kind of living on a day-to-day basis in this country um are you worried that you might have to push it back or have you had talks with your wedding planner and all that stuff? Like where are you at with your wedding in October? You know what? I have called and, and my, the venue said suggested that they said they're having a lot of cancellations and they suggested that we book a date for spring 2021. And, you know, I think more likely than not, we would get married before that and just really downsize. He's like, let's just go to the courthouse, you know? Um, so I've been a little bit sad about it, honestly. I mean, I think we all have our good days and bad days with the situation. Um, we just canceled my baby shower, and I think maybe a sip and see is going to be planned. And, you know, part of this, this has been the best year of my life, and part of that was the wedding planning. And, it, you know, I've always looked forward to this. And, we, you know, we both waited a long time later in life to settle down. So we both have been enjoying the process. And he's really good at, like, talking me off the ledge, like, he came home, I had a sad day and I was like, I just really feel like the wedding's not going to, we're not going to be able to have it. And he's like, let's just take it day by day. He's like, they might be able, they might come out with a vaccine tomorrow, Courtney. So, but like, you know, now I'm having a sip and see after the baby comes. Um, and I'm like, I need to start seeing some stuff in the nursery. Like, <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's, yeah. it's, it, it is tough to answer. I mean, you would think just based on the stuff that I've seen on television with, with the medical experts and the stuff I've read online about all this stuff that's going on with the virus, you would think we'd be out of the woods by October. I mean, things are definitely going to be different in this world once we do, once we are allowed to go back to work and, you know, you know, businesses open up again. I just, there are definitely going to be things that are changed about the world. And I think with just in the, in the germ area and, I don't think we're going to be six feet away from each other for the rest of our lives, but I just think there's going to be something and I don't even know what it is yet, but it seems like October, um, again, pure speculation on my part, but I, I would think it'd be okay. But again, it's just speculation and we just don't know because we're literally living in a world right now, day to day of finding out new information about the transmittal of this virus and all this stuff. And we just don't know, but, um, you know, if you if, you if your if your wedding was planned for June or July, I'd say yeah. You it sounds like you're in trouble, but October's pretty far out. Um, you know, that's six months away, and um, 
fingers crossed if we have to downsize yeah. and just have it be like a little bit a smaller guest list that would work too and i'm like a solutions person so i'm like let's think of all options and yeah you know i just it, this whole thing does put things into perspective though and i'm like you know what like i'm not gonna be a bridezilla i've said that all along i just wanted it to be like a fun party with my closest friends and family a pretty we we're having a pretty small wedding anyway but it's also kind of like well the, with the recession and are people going to be feeling comfortable to travel we're getting married in Sedona where my parents got married um so yeah you know I guess the thing is just to stay flexible and yeah. we'll just see if we have to go down to the courthouse I just would love some beautiful photos and a little be able to drink yeah. <laughs> a little celebration <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's just I, I understand your frustration because you really don't have any answers right now. And you said this is a happy time of your life. You've always looked forward to planning your wedding and having a, you know, uh, maybe a you know a bachelorette party and a wedding shower and all this, and you just can't do it. And yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that you're going through this like a lot of other people are. It's just we're just living in really weird times right now. That's the best way to describe it. Just, this is unprecedented in the history of the earth, like, you know, cer is. certainly in our time of being on this planet, but I mean, you just go back We've, you know, we've never dealt with this as a country before. And it just, it's very weird. And it's very scary at times. It's really, you know, it's really heavy. I, I feel like I haven't gone totally dark on it yet. You know, I'm like, I'm a homebody and I, I know you work from home and yeah. part of it is my life. Some things haven't really changed that much. Um, but I know for some people that like to be on the go, it's really hard for them. So I do feel for them and just the people going through it and that are affected. It's, you know, I ha I've noticed that I needed to limit my, some of my news intake. I was watching it all day, every day and yeah. for a while. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is just too heavy for me. It really hits my chest hard. Yeah, no, it is. It's just you, this the sobering reality sometimes when you do watch the news and, see what's going on more so on the east coast right now but they're saying you know what happens happening on the east coast is gonna eventually hit everybody and it's just like great when i'm thinking <laughs> about my baby and i had my checkup yesterday and luckily yeah. my doctor said that she thinks that he'll umberto will be able to be in the room with me i started to get really sad thinking like oh my gosh this is like a big life event for me and i might be giving birth um in the room alone so and I, he's like my partner, my, you know, my best friend. I just wanted him to be there. So luckily she said, I think he'll be able to be in there. So I'm feeling good, happy about that little victory. Yeah, that, I was, that was the last thing I was going to ask you about this because I want to talk about more happy things um, was, you know, there are certain hospitals out there across the United States that are saying some, you know, fiancés, husbands, boyfriends cannot be in the room for expectant mothers right now. Was that going to be the case with you? But they're telling you that there's a good chance he will be able to and probably, but he would be the only one, right? It just. Yes, gonna... exactly. So not, none of my family members would be able to be there. And I guess they'll just come to the sip and see. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like, and my doctor is like a real, like, how do I say this? Like a ball buster. She's really, she's really good. Um, and she was like, oh yeah, like he'll, he should be able to be in there and, she wants me wearing a mask now if I yeah. go to the store. So I actually, I found four masks when we were moving. I have like four of the good masks. So I'm just going to, I'm going to just be really careful and guard this baby. And you know what? If, like I said, staying flexible. If he can't be in there, I'll just put my big girl panties on and, you know, yeah. I just want to make sure that he's healthy and uh, just two months left to go. Yeah. So. so let's move on to something <clears throat> a little more 
on the brighter side, even though <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was kind of a shit show of a season. Let's talk about Peter's season for a little bit. I know you watched it, right? Yeah, I did. <laughs> what... I ate it up. It was so juicy. <laughs> what did you? Okay, so you have you. I don't want to say your situation was similar because, I mean, uh, it wasn't similar, but I think there were pieces that could have been because, you know, when you were going through everything that you were with Ben, when the show was airing, you guys were having some issues. You were having some difficult times. You even had a breakup in there, and you didn't even know how it was going to become after the final rose. Um, you know, when you watch Peter's season and you see him struggling as much as he did and seemingly should never have proposed to Hannah Ann in the first place, it didn't seem like he was all in. It seemed like he tried to convince himself he was all in on that. When you watched that play out and you watched the engagement that happened in Australia and then you watched his breakup with her and then, you know, Chris Harrison going to talk to Maddie and Maddie meeting Peter and then them sitting on the couch after the after the final rose. What what was your thought process during all that? It was like watching a slow moving car crash. It was it was, you know, I have been in that situation and, you know, I felt like there was a lot of cooks in the kitchen, um, you know, with Chris going there. I was really surprised this season to see how much production meddled with certain situations. Yeah. I think that was new this season with hell, even his ex showing up on Victoria F state. And I was like, if I was him, I would have been a little pissed, like, you know, yeah. butt out people, but maybe they felt like his storyline was just kind of very boring and they had to. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely was like, wow. And then that that finale was just so cringeworthy. I mean, with the mom and the eye rolls and the camera on her. Yeah. I mean, and just the fact that like they are so worlds apart on the religion and, you know, they're like saying like, hey, he likes to party and he, you know, it just, I just, you just knew it was never going to last. Yeah. I mean, I had made a comment the day after that finale aired on Wednesday when I wrote about what we saw on Tuesday night, I'm like, they're not even gonna make it to this weekend. There's clearly nothing there between these two. And I heard you say that, on, I think on Charlene's podcast, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you, I'm like, you, he nailed, he nailed it. And really honestly, Hannah, Hannah was an aunt. She's a, she was a real winner out of all of this. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, she's really, she knocked it out of the park uh, on the finale. It, you know, even in the, the tape segment that we saw during their happy couple visit, but I mean, oh, can, it was so great to see her just rise to the occasion and really just kick the shit out of him. I mean, she, she it did. was awesome. Yeah, she read him the riot act, and he really, <clears throat> it's not like he had much of a fight to put up. He realized he screwed up, and I don't know if you asked Peter to this day, do you think, Peter, you should have proposed in Australia? I don't know what his answer would be. It sounds like I, I, I thought I saw him say in one interview, I wouldn't change anything about my season, which is about as stupid as an answer oh. as you can give like what you've now yeah. had time to think about it and you're still saying you wouldn't change anything about how you how you acted i mean it's like maybe what? you don't say that out loud peter yeah <laughs> peter we need to get you like a media guru somebody somebody help you out yeah it didn't really make a lot of sense and i you know you feel bad for hannah ann and then you know the maddie thing lasts two days and now you know here we are two weeks after a maddie breakup and it's clear that him and Kelly have something going on, which only 
it, which does nothing to dispel the rumors that him and Kelly had stuff going on after he had broken up with Hannah Ann. So it's just, he's a mess. What What is he doing? What I, I don't, there's a lot of things I don't get by the, with these people. I feel like it's like he wants to have his cake and eat it too. And maybe I, one clue I thought was like, maybe like Hannah was saying like he watched the season and then he started having feelings for other people that were resurfacing. And I've never heard any other bachelor say that. Like in my season, I know like, you know, I'm really glad that we tried. And I know that at the end of ours, our relationship was pretty rocky. We had some weird things happen. Um, but I felt, even though America was against us, I felt like I had to see it through for myself to know. Like, I didn't want to have any, like, doubt because I really felt for him. And in their case, like, the mom <laughs> coming out and saying that, like, they didn't have a leg to stand on. That's, yeah. it was, it was just so, so bad. I'm glad that they didn't waste too much of each other's time or our time yeah i was gonna say because as as rough as your after the final rose was you guys still made it another 10 months after that right or you know you guys made well it was a year from the time he actually basically proposed to you or 11 months or something like that from the time you guys got engaged in switzerland to the time you guys ended up officially breaking up um, was yeah, we good, broke up year. right before the year the show was going to pay for us to go back to Switzerland. And <laughs> he actually, he took the trip without me. It really trapped my ass. <laughs> oh, he, <laughs> he did? I didn't buddy. know that. <laughs> yeah, we had a trip planned and I'd always wanted to go to Paris. And he had called my dad and I guess he was going to surprise me with that. And I was like, damn it, couldn't you have just told me to hold off a little longer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. But, There's something we didn't know. I, I don't think I, I don't think you told that story before. Oh, you know how painful that was? I'm like, oh, my God, I'm seeing pictures online of him over in Switzerland where we got engaged with his buddy on our one-year anniversary trip. I'm like, ugh. (laughs) And I'm getting my ass handed to me in the media because of freaking, you know, dating again. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's right. That was – I forgot about that because that was when the Ari pictures surfaced shortly after the breakup. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. No, but I think, you know, th- with with this show and look, it's very you guys have gone through it and I, I I know it's not normal. I mean, this isn't a normal way to meet somebody. And when you are the final couple of this show navigating through it, I I, I, I want you to talk about this. Maybe you talked about it in the other two podcasts, but I want to talk about it again. You get engaged to, you know, Ben in around in, in November of that year, whatever year it was, 2014 or whatever it was, 2015. Um, you get engaged in November and then the show starts airing in January and, you know, you experienced the show and you knew he went on dates with other women, but you were never there. You never saw it. You never heard what he said to any of the other women on the date, on the dates. Ben made it clear to me when I interviewed him, he pretty much knew it was going to be you early on. However, he still has to go on dates. He still has to make out with other women. Was it difficult for you to watch this season back not talking about the edit that you were getting i'm just talking about difficult to watch it back with the way you saw ben interacting with the other women yeah yeah so i watched it when i wrote my book and it was and obviously our relationship was um over long since over when i watched it but it did kind of kick up a little dust for me and you know he told me from the beginning i knew from night night one i was the last out of the limo he said every girl came out and i was in my head i was like nope 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 and then i saw you and i was like ah why did she have to be be there you know 
Um, and he, so he knew early on, he said, and then I do know it was hard for him to kind of have to go through the motions. That's what he made it seem like to me. And I think, you know, I think that a lot of leads feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like we had watched, you know, you know, cause we we're on good terms. Our, some of our season, uh, we had to, you know, and he kind of, I had told him like, Oh, I think he might be having, you know, he had said like, let him know if he needs to call me or whatever. Uh, about the whole switcheroo thing and he's like i never had that issue like i was always so you know like so luckily we didn't have that uh, that aspect going on but it was hard to see him even after we had broken up i still was like oh i didn't want to see him with these girls that kind of weren't very nice to me too that was part of it like it's one thing to like see your ex with somebody new and not know about them and another to be like i live with that girl like she ignored me in the house or she she's a real diva you know yeah i mean there's there's a lot from that that you know we don't want to relive everything from your season i i I guess one question i would have for you is when you did finally watch it back when you watched your book or when you read we watched your book when you wrote your book um that was the first time you would actually watch the full season back because you needed to get you know remind yourself of things that happened and places you went all that stuff looking back on it now what was the one th- what's one thing that you think you should have done or could have done better on your season? You know, I think obviously the Emily storyline, which I know you're a big Emily fan, was a huge thing. Um, <laughs> and so I, I should have just accepted her apology uh, when she did that in Panama. You know, I had my own reasons for what for why I didn't at the time. Um, I could have just been more mature. I mean, obviously, if I could go back and do things differently, I would. And, you know, I heard a podcast recently of Blakely Shay was on Olivia. So I love Olivia. I've done yeah. hers a few times. And she was like saying, like, you know, Courtney never apologized to me for calling me a stripper. And, you know, like she basically went on to say that, like, I was self-absorbed or then kind of corrected herself saying like she was really to herself in the house. And I'm like thinking this was eight years ago. And like, she basically seemed like she really wanted an apology from me. And I'm like, that's why I went on the women tell all, (laughs) you know, I went on and I apologized to everybody. So I don't know, I guess, you know, I was, that would be the Emily situation. Um, That would probably be one thing that I would change. And maybe I would have made more of an effort in the house. Like I said, I really kept to myself. Um, I don't know. I just, it was like a lifetime ago. I don't know. Yeah. You watched my season. I, I, when I watched it back though, Steve, there was so much that was out of order and oh, there were yeah. so many things that they played and only I would notice like, Hey, that's a voiceover. Um, so, so a lot of the things that kind of my feelings were hurt. Like I felt like ABC really kind of got greedy on my edit. So, yeah, but it's all water under the bridge now and I don't have heart feeling cause they kind of put it on the editors. Like the producers yeah. do the producing and then the edit, they say they blame the editors. Like once the tape leaves our hands, it's, it's on them. And again, I don't blame editing, but like, Hey, I didn't say that in Panama or I didn't say that in Puerto Rico. It's like, yeah, they kind of create this masterpiece. Well, the other thing is, and you know, you talk about the women tell all it's still to this day, you're the only person who was the winner or, Gosh, even in the in the final two, because we all know the final two women don't go to the women tell all because their finale airs the next week. You're still the only person in the history of the show that finished first or second that was at the women tell all, which was I remember when it happened and the word got out that Courtney was at women tell all. People were like, what? How is Courtney at women tell all? She's still in the finals. And and it was because you were such a lightning rod on that season. 
and was such a polarizing figure that, yeah, uh, I remember that being such a huge deal. And it's never happened. It would never happen before that you, and it's never happened since. And um, still pretty crazy that that. Oh my God. Well, now I look at like this woman tell all in Peter season. I'm like, wow, like mine was actually really tame. Uh, and I, I, but I went on to apologize. Like I knew I had said these things in my ITMs, like totally joking. You know, I didn't realize that that would be like the only thing they showed. Some people thought it was funny, but just that was really intense. I still have PTSD from that. And you're not the only one. There are people in this franchise that do interviews or do Instagram lives and say, this show still bothers me to this day. It's still, you still have this, you get triggered by certain things because it brings you back to what happened on this show. Even the overnight dates, like that was something that bothered me on my season. Like, and we were like, we're never going to talk about it. Like that bothers me when I see these other girls, like, you know, you know, what's going to happen. You don't want to hear about it. You want to see it. And then other people, you can't help what people say to you after the show, like your friends and your family. Uh, it's just so un- unnatural. And that leads me to like, Claire's season I wanted to touch on. Like yeah. like you said, PTSD. Like I know you had said, like, let's hope it works out for her. Um, I think it's longer than six months, to be honest, that takes it takes you to get your life back on track mm. to what I think is uh, normal, you know. Yeah. And to date normally. I'm sure you get people that want to date you from just being reality Steve. Like you know, to date and find somebody and sift through, sift through and really settle down with the right person. I do think the show sets you back. And talking about just people, what their motives are. Uh, I remember, um, you know, there are people in this franchise that because of social media and how it's exploded and because of how media outlets cover this show, um, People want to be in relationships with other people in the franchise because they can capitalize monetarily on that. And they'll reach out to other people in the franchise to try and have a relationship that way. Um, I'm sure, you know, when the Ben breakup happened, I mean, obviously Ari came along shortly thereafter, but I'm sure there were other guys in this franchise. I have to believe other guys in this franchise tried to slide into your DMs and start something up with you just because being a couple in this franchise can be very, very profitable. Yes, there were. And <laughs> it's funny you say that. If you, if you want to name work- some, go ahead. <laughs> well, I do know. have a working, I have a working theory that it's really hard for people, any male and female contestants who get far into the show. I feel like they really do want to find love. They get stuck on like, I really want to find love in this way and be this public couple. I, I do see that happening a lot. I think Chris Bukowski is a good example. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I had, I was in talks to do bachelor in paradise uh, around the time my book came out. Uh, that was part of my negotiating, so to speak. And I had a couple guys reach out to me that were doing the show and kind of like before, like, Hey, are you doing it? Like kind of letting me know that they'd be interested I just, I didn't really want to do another show. Um, and then, so there was a guy from Desiree season who actually flew to LA, um, Brooks <laughs> and oh. he was on the fence about doing the show and he wanted to meet me beforehand. And, you know, I had seen Chris Bukowski, um, in New York when I was on my book tour, he was, you know, and I met him through Jacqueline, uh, who's my friend who I love. 
and they're really love good friends. Jacqueline. Even, love Jacqueline. Love. I mean, she's just the funniest thing ever. We have a Skype date phone call coming up. Um, Tell her I so said hi. I will. And then there was another, another guy, a couple other guys that were local in LA. Um, but I remember I had kind of said to them like, Hey, why don't we just date in the real world? Like, that's what I wanted. And I gave them, you know, kind of the option. I kind of threw it out there and I got to tell you, they all went on the show. That's amazing to me, but I can't say I am too surprised because like you said, I do think there are people in this franchise that want it to rather work with someone within the franchise so they can be a quote unquote success story and capitalize on it because we know, and you know, it's funny influencing on Instagram was not a thing when you were on the show. It started a couple seasons after you and you know, here you are. I mean, you are the final one of your season and you've never really been into the whole Instagram influencing thing before, before Peter's finale, um, you know, people knew that uh, Madison and Hannah Ann were the final two. Those girls were up to over 750,000. I think Madison might have topped a million before her finale even aired. You wow. were the final one on your season. And just looking at your Instagram right now, you have 49,000 followers on Instagram. Like, it's just a it's different nothing. world. Yeah, it's... It's a different world that this show is living in now and what they're dealing with um, because you cannot say as a contestant you're going on this show blindly and you have no idea what could possibly come out of it. I think everyone's going on now with the thinking of the opportunities that could come about after this. And maybe there were some on your season that were thinking that, but it wasn't the whole cast um, because it wasn't a thing back then. Instagram influencing really wasn't a thing on your season. So we weren't even allowed to have Twitter um, or anything like that. I didn't ever do Facebook that much. But I mean, I think that the, the notion of you promoting your company was a thing because I know Ben wanted to promote his wine. I mean, he was clear. Yeah. He was very open and honest to me about that, you know, going back to night one and being like, oh, shoot, why did she have to be here? Like, I mean, there was a goal in mind. And I feel like that is there for a lot of, I think that you see that in past seasons. I mean, Jed was a joke. Let's be honest. Like, dude, put your guitar down. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that kind of backfired on him. Um, But I have seen, I I lived in LA because I moved there when I was 19 model. I have seen contestants come off the show, move to LA, try to, to make a career out of it. Very few do. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's kind of painful for me to see them like try to find their niche or their thing. Um, and, you know, the co- I feel like the collaborations will eventually run out. I'm like, I'm thinking like these consumers, I know advertising's changed just from when I modeled to now. I mean, the modeling industry has changed. They're, they're actually booking short models that have following like millions of followers opposed to what it used to be. Yeah. But going back to the show and the contestants, you know, I worry for Claire that like, I want her to get like her, you know, I don't want her to get these young guys going on there for this following. And unfortunately there's really just no way around it anymore. I don't, I don't see. No, there isn't. It's impossible. These people can say what they want. Like, no, I'm really interested in Claire and they, they might be interested in Claire, but the thing is, if Claire is interested in them, it's not like, wow, I'm really heartbroken. This is really going to set me back. It's like, okay, great. Whatever. There's still paradise next summer. It's probably going to be summer games. Um, you know, it, there's still so many more opportunities to meet someone from another franchise. That's why 
there's not an incentive anymore to really find someone on the show. It's like, okay, if I go on, great. But that's like the 15th reason why I would go on Bachelor or Bachelorette. I've got all these other opportunities that could come about. And, you know, you could be like Chad Johnson and be like, hey, I can start a porn career after this because that's basically what he's turned into, which is uh, Well, I mean, the thing is that I do see people and I see them come out and they, they want – it's like – at the end of the day, I'm like, I think it's really attractive when people work hard and have good work ethic. And I just see a lot of these people that I think they feel like it's just going to be easy. I think even influencing looks like hard. I personally, it doesn't feel authentic to me. I, I don't, you know, I only promote things when I genuinely use them or like them. And usually it's for trade or it's because something I, I really like. Um, it's not a career for me though. Like, but I see these people doing it. I'm like, God, they are just so on their phones. Yeah. Uh, it's like all consuming. Um, and I think a lot of these couples are staying together to, to make it lucrative. But I will say I was in Hawaii for my cousin's wedding and I was staying at the same hotel as Deanie baby. And, um, you know, and Umberto's great. He watches with me, his commentaries on point. He was actually the one that was like, Hey, isn't that Kaylin and, and Deanie babe? Like, <laughs> and like they were staying at the same hotel as us and they came over and they were actually like really cute. Like we didn't, I didn't ask for a picture or anything lame like that, but we had a nice conversation and I was like, wow, that they look like a young, cute couple in love. Hmm. Yeah. And- it was kind of, it was kind of refreshing to see because from an outsider, you look at their Instagram and you think like, oh, wow, this, they're really capitalizing on it. But they seem to be really having a fun time together. Yeah, I mean, I'd say a lot of people are probably still surprised. I know I am. I'm certainly surprised that they're still together after everything that went down in Paradise and how Dean changed his mind 15 times about who he was interested in. Like, I get it. I mean, it just it's maybe he has found the one and maybe they're loving life, living in a van. I don't know. I don't follow either of them, so I have no idea what they're doing. All I know is that they are together. Um, and it's like, okay. They're together. I mean. The only one I love, I do really like Ashley I. We went to an iHeart, or not iHeart, we went to um, a concert together last year in Vegas and saw some comedy. And, like, I, like, out of all the people in the franchise, I really respect her work ethic. And, like, even though she's doing advertising, like, I haven't muted her. Like, there's <laughs> always, like, she's really creative with it. And there's always, like, she's she's pretty. You want to look at her. But there's very few that I'm just, like, I can really, like, follow. You mentioned a couple, a few minutes ago, you were talking about just in general about your book and when you wrote it. And what's going on right now is, you know, Colton has a book that he just released a couple days ago, you know, a few weeks ago and whatnot. And um, it's interesting because when Colton is doing his media, when he was doing his media talking about his book, he said when he was writing his book, he was still under contract. But now that it's released, He's not, so he can be a little more open in the interviews that he was doing. But there's still kind of this lifetime contract that you're signing with the show where basically, until the end of time, you can't really tell all the show secrets or what really went on. Is that accurate in in terms of when you were writing your book and what you had to deal with? And just kind of when I saw Colton's book, I was like, oh, yeah, Courtney wrote a book, and I'm talking to her. I want to talk about the book in general of what you were and weren't allowed to do. Like when you completed your book, did you have to send it over to ABC and say, okay, redline what I can't have in this. And then they had to agree. And you went from there. So 
You ask a really good question, and it's something I haven't really talked about too much because I wasn't allowed to for in my media like book tour. Um, and I didn't know Colton wrote a book. That's great for him. Yeah. Uh, that's good. I'm, I want to check it out because I think Andy Dorfman's really the only other person who's been a lead from the show to really write a book about it. Um, she didn't use names. That that was a huge part of it too. When I was in the legal process of my book, was okay. I could talk about people that put themselves out into the public eye. I could use their full names. Um, but going back to, you know, the beginning of, I started writing my book before I even had a book agent. And then I started doing some press and kind of teasing it, testing the market. And I definitely got a call about a cease and desist letter. <laughs> um, you know, and my sister's an attorney. Uh, I had her read the contract and, you know, it just, a lot of my story had more to do with like my life before the show too. Um, yeah. so part of it, part of it was that, like, it's a, fr- a freedom of speech and that contract that we sign essentially takes away like all of your human rights. Um, and we live in a free country. So it was very stressful for me to have people, uh, you know, it was very touch and go for me. And I was like, Hey, you know, luckily I, I know Mike Fleiss and, you know, I, I had reached out to him initially, like, I want to write my book. Obviously, I'm not going to trash the franchise, but can you can can you kind of help me? Um, so they're, they're, they didn't want me to talk about the process. I said, hey, I'll do your next show. I'll do, you know, Bachelor in Paradise. Like, I, that was kind of part of it as well. Um, but they didn't want me to talk about how it came to be because yeah. they didn't promote it. They never promoted my book. Um, but I said, I'll let you guys. They, they dealt with HarperCollins attorneys, and then they kind of – they kind of hashed it out. That's interesting because it's just we all know there were by now that it had to come out of the book. I was reading the book after they read it with the edits, um, and I was shocked. I called my publisher and I said, "Am I reading the right document?" And I, because really they didn't what they had what I had taken out. There's really only two things I had to take out, and they were really small production secrets. Yeah, I mean, we all know that this show has a very ironclad contract that basically controls you for a long time. I think it's a year after your finale airs. But there's kind of this unwritten thing that even five years after the fact, ten years after the fact, you're really not allowed to say exactly what happens. And that's just kind of tricky because, like you said, it is a free country and... You should be able to speak on something, especially if it's something that was wrong or you felt that you were wronged and treated wrongly or told to do and say certain certain things. And it's just it's just a really weird balance of people that want to. It's almost like the people that want to stay in good graces, that want to possibly stay in bed with ABC and be part of the family and not be ostracized and they just toe the line and they always say like, Oh no, no, the show was great with me. And I never had that experience, but trust me, I've spoken to plenty of contestants who've said I was absolutely told to say this particular line or do this particular thing or else I was probably getting sent home. So which is, you know, which is it? Because maybe it didn't happen to everybody, but it does happen on the show and they can't hide behind that fact anymore. Um, but the contestants tell me that in private. So, um, and I don't reveal who tells it to me. There's no reason to put names behind it, but it happens. And um, you probably have the best understanding of the inner workings of the show more so than hell. They should hire you as a producer. You'd be great. 
I would never want to treat people that way. I would never be a producer on this show. Sorry, I'm too nice. I would never, I would never want to put somebody through that and manipulate them and lie to them and blow smoke up their ass, which is basically what the producer's job on this show is. I mean, we've got to admit that, that their job is to get you a very excited to be on the show, and then once you're on it, you know, become your best friend. And look, you made one of your best friends is a former producer on the show, Amy. Right. I mean, so it is possible that production can become friends with you. And then there's that blurred line that you talked about earlier between production and editors. You don't know who the editors are because they sit back in an editing bay in L.A. and chop up the episode and chop up voiceovers and put storylines together. Producers are there during the show that you do befriend. So maybe there is this chance where you can become friends with a producer, but. You don't know any of the editors, and they're the ones that did that to your edit on your season. So, you know. And I met some of the editors through my friend, and um, actually, you know, I don't know. They were nice, but I remember one was like, I'm sorry. I actually worked on your season, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's just it's, <laughs> it takes a village, Steve. It takes a village. Uh, but, you know, I was so thrilled to be able to write my book I had to be I had so much anxiety around it you know what's that you know wanted to keep everybody happy and feel good about every word on every page and you know I still get messages like this last week I had a couple girls write me like I just went through a breakup and a lot of it was about confidence and but I it was really hard for me you know then I had to do the media and 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 not wanting to piss off ABC, you know, but they never promoted my book. They never, you know, I've been surprised when I've seen like Chris Harrison tweet about other like Sean Lowe's or um, they never they never promoted my book. They would never they don't really endorse people making money off of the franchise. Like you'll you'll notice there's no the word bachelor isn't on the cover of my book and not on the cover of anybody's books. It's, you know, just looking at it when looking at it now, um, Amanda Stanton's book was called Now Accepting Roses. Sean Blow's book is For the Right Reasons. Emily Maynard's book was I Said Yes. Uh, Andy's book was It's Not Okay. You know, it's just like, yeah, you're not allowed to put anything Bachelor related as your as your title because they don't want any part of this. And you're not allowed to basically write whatever you feel like writing and, you know, just turn it in and turn it into a book like they they're going to have a say and they're going to, like you said, work with you, maybe say, hey, well, Courtney, we'll let you do this if you come down to paradise. So how did you get out of not going down to paradise if that was kind of part of what you were negotiating? Well, to be honest with you, it was kind of a conflict of interest. I think they kind of realized, like, we don't want people to feel uncomfortable around Courtney and fear that she's going to write another book. So oh, I think it was kind of a win-win. I had actually started dating somebody in Santa Monica at the time who was just a normal guy. And I was like, you know, I was like saying to my friend Alon on the side, like, I really don't want to do it. You know, I really hope that they don't, you know, hold me to this. And yeah. at the end of the day, it was a conflict of interest because um, they didn't want me to go on and write out another book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I probably would have, to be honest with you. Um and I still might. <laughs> I was going to say, do you you have a second? Do you ever have thoughts of writing a second book? I do. I, I essentially have the bones of it written too. And um, but you know, again, out of like going back to my fiance, and I have so much respect for him, and 
uh, in order to do it in the way that I'd want, I, I'd like to do it to help people. And especially now that I found love and I was so close to giving up and hope, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd like to, to share my, the rest of my story because it's pretty interesting what's happened since the show and what's led me to this point. But I feel like everybody wants Bachelor dish i feel like that's why my first book probably did so well oh yeah um so i don't know i i don't know that it's out of the question but for now i think it would be a different kind of tone different narrative just out of respect for my my fiance (laughs) no totally understandable and yeah if courtney robertson wrote a second book they'd want some sort of bachelor juice in there, whether it was a couple chapters or half the book. Cause I remember when I read your first book and I read it in a day, the day that I got it, I finished it. And I remember thinking this book is basically split into three parts. The first third was your life growing up. The middle third was your time on the show. And then the last third of the book was your relationship with Ben. And I thought it was very well organized in that way. Um, but yeah, there were things in there that I remember back in the day I was reading excerpts from your book on my weekly show that I was doing online because there were so <laughs> many funny, you know, it was it was overtly sexual and you talking about overnight dates, all this stuff. Um, it was just funny. Like I really got a kick <laughs> out of your book and Oh, thank you, Steve. Every once I in really a while got- No, seriously, every once in a while I still have people tell asking me in emails hey, there was a part of Courtney's book where she did like three blind items where she referenced things but never gave the answer to who she was talking about. Um, You remember what part of that book that is, and I'm sure you were... Oh, one of my sidebars. Sidebars, yeah. yeah. And you were just like... And I can't remember what they were off the top of my head. Um, Do you remember what they were off the top of your head? Not the answers, but uh, what the sidebars were? I remember, you know, it's been so long. Uh, my memories, uh, I, I would have to go back and look, but I remember it was like inside bachelor gossip that I'd heard. Yeah. And I definitely, you hear that stuff. I kind of keep it to myself now. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't want to be the, that person in the franchise. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but I remember at the time I, I really had to do some digging to find that and asking around. And yeah, I, I think you can figure it out if you read it, though, if you especially now. I feel like now there's so much more out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, that uh, people have come people to me. People are doing podcasts and people are being a little bit more open. You know, even me talking to you about it. I mean, I've never talked to anybody about that stuff and and I'm still erring on the side of caution. Yeah. And I, you know, with people doing podcasts now, and I get asked all the time about a book from me. And I'm in the same boat where. Legally, I, how do you do it and cover your ass? Yeah. I have no, I have no contract with the show. So I have, I can write a book if I want. But anybody that is interested in reading the book written by Reality Steve, whatever it may be they're going to want a ton of dirt. And obviously I've been told things over the years, but I don't even know if I could say in a book uh, a story that I know about a particular person. I would have to do it like you did, which was, hey, I heard this, but not even reveal who it was. And then people are just going to be like, oh, well, this was just a giant tease because he's got some really good dirt and good stories, but he's not telling us who it's about. So all we can sit here is... And do is just sit here and speculate. And that doesn't do us any good. It's just like, wow, what a giant, 
what a giant cock tease this is going to be. Like, you know, like I, I can't. There's a way. There is a way to do it, Steve, and it's challenging. Way you could. So I support this message. I would read it. Uh, and if you ever want help, I always tell people like, call, you know, I'll help you. I'll tell you what to do. Write the proposal, and it was really fulfilling. I did. There is a way to do it. Hmm. Interesting. I, you know, I know the, the, the idea of writing a book is just the thought of it and going into it. <laughs> and it's just daunting to think about. And I haven't even really thought about doing one, but I know if I were to ever do one to please my audience, I would have to reveal a lot of stuff. And I just don't know if I'm willing to, because I've had a lot of people over the years tell me things in confidence. And I don't care if it's five years later or 10 years later, I don't feel like betraying these people's trust. And that's why I don't think I would ever really write one. I just, because I've been asked when this is all over, when the bachelor is said and done, do you think you'll write a book and reveal all your sources? And I'm probably like, no, I just, they told this to me in confidence. I don't feel I should out them for the purpose of gaining a buck out of this. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't. Well, I think that says the right things about you and, and that's doing the right thing. And like when I wrote my book, I really wanted to tell my truth and do the right thing. You know, it's like I always stop myself even in these podcasts with you. I'm like, that's not mine to say. That's not mine to share. You know, I've learned a lot. I've worked on myself with that because there's everybody has that part of them that wants to, you know, yeah. maybe overshare. And in the past, I probably have overshared. And you know, that's something that I've worked on because, you know, it's, it's, it's human nature. But I think that that's really good that you feel that way. That says the right things about you. And you you do it in a way that's like, you know, your fans, I think it's appropriate. Yeah, I've I've tried to. And, you know, there are times where I've reported things um, that ended up being incorrect that adversely affect affected people. And I've I've taken ownership uh for that and um you know it, it happens I, I i do my best to vet things out i get a lot of things told to me um it's it's a it's a pretty intense vetting process and sometimes i've vetted things better than i have others and um it's come back to bite me in the ass so uh you know i do and I that do doesn't my best. leave you feel good right it doesn't leave no. you feeling good no, I don't. I don't feel good about it when I get something wrong about somebody that um, that adversely was affected by something that I wrote. And um, you know, it's. But I have to deal with it. it. It's on me. I'm not. I'm not blaming anybody else for what they told me or what they said to me. It's on. It's ultimately on me because I'm the one that's releasing it. So I have to take full ownership, and I have in the past for every time I've given a wrong spoiler or said something wrong uh, about somebody. So. You know, it happens. I, I, I try and keep it to a minimum, um, but sometimes things slip through the cracks. Um, but I wanted to wrap this up real quickly with uh, with you in terms of what you're doing now, uh, even though you are two months away from delivering, you're still in the real estate business, right? You're still doing that? Yes. Yeah, I'm doing residential real estate. Um, actually wrote the offer on our house. And right now it's a little tricky of a time. So I'm trying to be as productive as I can at home. And a lot of my buyers are kind of holding off right now. Uh, very low inventory here, but I'm yeah. full-time real estate. And then I have my creative outlets on the side. I'm selling my batch, please mugs. Those have done really well on my website. Yeah. I um, saw a those. couple. 
thank you. A couple bachelor related mugs and um, just a couple little little side hustle things. But I'm really nesting right now, just preparing for this baby. But if anyone wants to move to Arizona, I'm definitely <laughs> they can reach out to me. I'm happy to help them uh, find a home. Yeah, I mean, if you go to your site, it's CourtneyRobertson.com/shop and there's a lot of mugs on there that have a lot of bachelor phrases on them. Um, Can I walk you out? Yeah. I've had that one's done really well. Coming in hot and, and batch, please. Batch, that. please. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you've got you've got them all here. Like I said, it's on CourtneyRobertson.com slash shop. Do you pick one out? I'll send you one. Ooh, okay. Let me th- let me. I'll figure one out and I'll uh, I'll text it to you. Or maybe I'll out. create one with you for you. Oh, something. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Here's this. Here's the scoop, and it's on a mug. How about that? Ooh, and you can put ice cream in it. <laughs> well, do you do you have ice cream out of a mug? These are like coffee mugs, but the scoop, like oh, if you have right. a scoop of a scoop of um. Co- Here's the scoop. Coffee. Yeah. Do you have a scoop of coffee? No. Well, forget it. <laughs> Maybe that <laughs> something. <works. laughs> we'll, we'll we'll work on it. Sleep on it. Yeah, I was gonna say we we've got time to work on this. Um, but Courtney, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Um. Good luck with everything uh, with your with your son coming, and um, obviously I'll be following along on Instagram. I'm sure you'll post once he's born, and um, you know stay safe out there with this. Like I said, we're in crazy times right now, but uh, I love having you on. I know the I know the listeners are going to love listening to you, and you know you've always been you've always been good to me, and I'll always have you on. Try and have you on like once a year. Um, it's always. Hey, it's always I would love that. I would love that. Thanks for having me on and stay safe over there and, and everybody listening. I'm sending lots of love. It's a heavy time. So yeah. Well, thank you so much, Courtney. And um, yeah, we will, we will all be following your journey on, on Instagram. Cause I'm sure once we get closer and then you deliver, we'll all see the pictures and whatnot. So again, good luck with everything. Stay safe. And uh, we'll, we'll obviously be in touch. Oh, wonderful. Thanks, Steve. Have a great day. Thanks, Courtney. Okay. Bye. bye. Thank you so much to Courtney for that. That was a lot of fun hearing from her again. So glad that everything's going well. She's moved on with her life. She's engaged. She's happy. She's due in two months. Good for her. Um, I've always liked Courtney. I know you've a lot of you have liked when Courtney has come on this podcast. She's just such a different person than uh, the person we saw on Ben's season, and it was nice to hear her say that she does uh, regret some of the things that she uh, that she did on Ben's season. Um, but I hope you all enjoyed the, that podcast. Uh, Courtney was great, and I always appreciate her when she uh, when she comes on. So, again, thank you all for listening. Uh, next week, like I said, it's going to be a good one. You're going to want to hear it, um, and a lot of you will probably be pretty surprised, and uh, it's pretty unexpected. Um, so yeah, just uh just get ready for that. And um also please rate, subscribe and review in Apple Podcasts. Again, it's very much appreciated. Uh it certainly helps the podcast. Of course I want you to rate it as five star, but uh I know there are trolls out there that just put one for the sake of it. And um you know, it is what it is. Um but the rating I, I I've gotten over 177 podcasts and um, starting this, we're all, we're coming up on three and a quarter years of having this podcast. So, um, I'm proud of the work, um, that I've done. I'm proud of the podcast that I've been able to produce. Yes. I'm very well aware that I cannot get the guests that Rachel and Becca do that Nick does 
that uh, Caitlin does. Um, it's just, it's not in the cards. It's not happening. Um, those podcasts all came along after I did. You can check the start dates of all of our podcasts. I was the first one doing it. I was the first Bachelor podcast that on a weekly basis was interviewing former contestants from this show. Then everyone else started doing it. And now The Bachelor jumped on board and said, hey, we need to have our own official one with uh, Rachel and Allie. And then we changed to Rachel and Becca. So, you know, it is what it is. There's only so much I can do. But um, they are very strict. They don't want their contestants that are under contract. Uh, they're not approved to come on with me. So there's not much. There's not a whole hell of a lot I can do. The people out of contract, sure, they can. But still, there are people in this franchise that just don't want to be associated with me. And... Um, it's unfortunate, but I'm still going to do a podcast every week, and I'm still going to try and give you the best podcast that I can, whether it's you know in the reality TV world, the scripted TV world. I got to start venturing out and doing other things other than Bachelor people because, frankly, we're just – I've talked to a lot of them, but all the latest ones, like everybody that was on Peter's season, everybody that was on Hannah Brown's season, they're still technically under contract, so I can have none of them on outside of Luke P. when he came on, but we all know why he did. So – I'm just going to keep doing a podcast and try and give you the best interview I can. Even if it's somebody that you're that you might not think of as like, wow, I don't really care about listening to that. I'm still going to try and do my best and give the best interview that I can and make it interesting to where you learn something about someone. And that's my goal in every podcast is that I hope you listen. And at the end of it, you learn something that when you went into the podcast, you had no idea about that, uh, whether this person's personality, a story they told something, that's what I'm trying to get out of them. So Hopefully, uh, you know, I, I understand it's not going to be tons of juice and it's not going to be tons of uh, gossip stuff that I'm going to have. And, you know, contestants fresh off their season telling their story. Yeah, those other podcasts are going to have those guests. And that's just and that's because of the show. Um, certainly has nothing to do with me. I'd like to have a lot of them on, but frankly, I just can't. They're not they're not approved to come on mine. So, oh, well, it is what it is. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Thanks again a lot to Courtney Robertson for coming on for a third time. And yeah, get ready. Next week should be a doozy. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you next week. See ya.